Toglitti dai piedi, and welcome to Shift F1, a podcast about speedy race cars. That, by the way, is Italian for take yourself out of my feet, uh, or, or roughly get out of my way, um, in honor of all the, as the Brits say, argy-bargy, uh, oh, that nice. took place this weekend. That's nice. It's, That's good. Yeah, it's hard not to absorb some Britishisms when literally everyone who talks about F1 is from... <laughs> the uk it, i have it, started instinctively so spelling tire with a y like that is not a, <laughs> that is not a lie i've started i read so much uk coverage that i'm like yeah that's how that that's how that looks it's, do you guys find it weird like going to autosport.com and then having an article that says like how to watch the grand prix this weekend and it's all just gmt and sky and you're like Tom's not america not, man Tom's not america that's just like that's that's the top level TLD. You guys just never use your dot US or whatever the fuck it is. Why isn't it co.uk then? Autosport. Because <laughs> co.uk's cost more and you have to prove that you're a company. It's a really annoying process. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really annoying. It's the worst. It really just uh, is speaking... Hell Island over there sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, who knows now? You probably have to prove you're not French. And or now they won't even have their footy. Okay. I know, oh God, yeah, I don't even talk about the Super League. I, You know, it's a good thing I've invested so heavily in weird American sports because, uh, yeah, they're they're really ruining the shit. As an Arsenal fan, they're really, you know, making sure that uh, soccer is now completely on. I, I, like, I have fallen out of love with football over the past, f- you know, four or five years pretty heavily, but... You know, it's, like when, it's like when Bernie stepped down... The spirit was exercised from F1, but like it didn't <laughs> die and it just like swirled around the world and like, oh no, we know where we know it's new host. Uh, it's the leadership of the Super League teams. Exactly. Yeah. Which are mostly oh, yeah. Americans and Russian oligarchs. So, oh, sorry, the Saudis too. So cool. We're in good company. Uh, we have a Super League of podcast guests here. I'm Drew Scanlon. Joining me, Danny O'Dwyer. How are you, Danny? I'm great, man. I'm just loving it here in paradise, traffic paradise, uh, to, to quote our good friend Yuki Sonoda. Uh, also joining us, Rob Zachney. How are you, Rob? You know, just appreciating the fact that, turns out, I'm a fan of a healthy sport. Who knew? F1. <laughs> cutting edge. Yeah. The healthiest financial sport there is. Absolutely. Uh, are you? Are, if you are new to this healthy podcast, welcome. And if you are new to Formula <laughs> One itself, uh, we've got an episode just for you. The preseason primer episode assumes no prior F1 knowledge and explains everything about how the sport works and who everybody is. So if you'd like to get a nice foundation for all of that, that's episode 137. Also, the show is supported entirely by our audience over at patreon.com slash shift F1, where every month we release bonus podcasts uh, and videos exclusively for our patrons. Uh, They cover racing documentaries and films, F1 video games, experiments with other racing series, and a lot of weird things. So if you would like to support the show and get access to all of that fun stuff, head over to patreon.com slash shiftf1 or click the link in the show notes. Uh, What do we have going on this month, Danny? Uh, We had a double dip last week. We had our episode, I guess, part two of our Drive to Survive season three review, which covered episode four through six. So juicy. (laughs) Worth um, the price so, of admission just to get Rob's reaction to the Ferrari episode. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, Rob talking, needing to talk about Ferrari. Uh, we also have episodes 7 through 10 coming up next month, uh, which isn't too far away. And that'll close out our 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 what will end up being, God knows how long, four-hour review maybe of a Netflix series. Uh, we also had some video action. I booted up Project Cars and did a track walk of Imola, um, which was uh, good fun. 
Uh, I am currently trying to figure out how to get Portimao into a video game. It may be an iRacing import. Uh, we'll have to see, but there will be a fun little video of that too. I'm having I'm having fun with the with the track walk stuff. I'm going to be adding uh, bells and whistles in a Jimmy Broadbent style to my racing setup as we go. I'm hoping by mid season I'll have full race with camera. Sorry, full race seat with camera and everything set up. Danny, so, um, I, I sympathize with that mission creep. I got a PR email this morning for Thrustmaster's new Ferrari commemorative uh, F1000 wheel. Oh, wow. And I was like, I don't even have a thrust. I do not have the wheel motor assembly to use that. I would have to buy a Thrustmaster uh, wheel wheel rotor uh to mount Rob, i've always considered you a bit of a thrustmaster outside of racing so i feel like <laughs> it'd be redundant gonna... <laughs> at this point yeah but this thing looks so sick and i'm like should i why yeah, should i live happens. without that race why should i live without a <laughs> replica ferrari racing wheel with an interactive led screen in the center of it oh that goodness. can like pull telemetry uh wow. sound, like what they are implying is it looks like you can get live telemetry from your fucking race car uh while you're playing this game and That's is there a switch on the wheel that lets you make that fuel flow thing happen again oh i mean like almost <laughs> certainly right if, it's, if you're going to commemorate the no actually one. this was last year when they when they'd fixed the issue okay. uh i.e stopped doing it so last year's wheel probably does not have the little like hidden button on the back where you're like uh activate aliasing uh fuel pulse <laughs> I think you um, should just go back to them and say, I'm sorry, I'd love to review it, but I wouldn't need one of your direct drive motors. Yes. I'm also going to need a race seat and yeah. And three curved monitors. I <laughs> uh, also want to give a shout out, of course, to our uh, title sponsors, Will Romf, Reagan, Jason Kelly, Jason Chadwick, Umberto Roca, Bailey Foot, Abdullah Althani, Sam G, Greg Salt, Circuit Demon, and of course, the love of my life, Mariana. It's never not going to be funny and weird. I know, it's great. I love it. Well, I was going to find out soon. I better be careful. Uh, speaking of funny and weird, we've got quite a race to talk about this week. Uh, there's a lot going that went on, uh, still going on. So we should just get right to it, I think. Yes. Uh, a really tricky weekend overall. Starting with practice, um, apparently some fiber optic cable got severed at the track. And that wreaked havoc, not only for the, the teams and getting telemetry from cars, um, but the broadcast crew as well. There was an incident where Perez and Ocon collided in free practice yeah. one, and they didn't even have a replay of it because, like, cameras, camera feeds weren't going places. Yeah, um, I was wondering what was going on there. That was that was that was strange. We also yeah. had a little bit of calm problem with the Ferraris people, maybe some other folks, but I guess that was yeah, it may have been related. I don't know. Um, Mazepin crashed in free practice one. Leclerc oh. crashed in free practice two. Um, Latifi hit the wall in free practice three practicing uh, yeah i mean you you expect some people to go off and practice right because they're they're all yeah. trying to figure out how late they can break you know where the limit is but this this felt like a lot verstappen had a drive shaft is, issue in free practice too uh and his car had to be placed on a truck and i guess because of where he was on the track the truck had to take surface streets back to the pits <laughs> um there is and there's footage of it like they they could you know, pull up the camera and see his car on a truck. It was very good. There was a tremendous edit of that footage by Shift F1 Discord user Novolin, who yeah, reversed like the footage and added the police squad theme. So it's good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, Inspired editing choice there. So good. We'll put that in the show notes. It's it's tremendous. Um, 
the, no the trickiness. No room for Imola, though, right? That's it. No. You spin here, you're you're getting in the gravel or you're hitting the wall. You got to be real careful around Imola. And we, we said last week that it was going to be an interesting spot, especially for the rookies. Um, and with that added uh, possibility of rain hanging over the whole Sunday, uh, it was all kind of setting up for something uh, special. Yeah. The one rookie, uh, Yuki Tsunoda, unfortunately crashed in qualifying. Um and a ton of laps got deleted for violating track limits uh, in the qualifying yeah. session. This was a major issue last year, right? Is guys just kept uh, exceeding track limits as well. Um, like it, this is clearly a. I feel like we, I feel vindicated, honestly, in our reactions last year to this course. Like it is a difficult course for overtaking, but it is such a demanding one that, like, it is an example of. If the circuit is really good and really demanding, you don't necessarily need a ton of wheel-to-wheel guys side-by-side, you know, banging on around the course. You don't need that because, like, the course itself generates a lot of tension. And these guys struggled with so many different parts of this track that, like, each one became its own drama. Um, And I think sort of what we're seeing in practice and quality that continued in the race. Yeah, uh, the drama got, I think... It reached its apex at um, the the end of qualifying when Lando Norris qualified in second place, but third uh, was it? No, he was, was second. second. He was oh, in right. second place okay. by four hundredth of a second. Uh, but yeah, his unfortunately, first sector as well it was was the one where he was up almost half a second. It was crazy. Yeah, uh, but he did exceed track limits in the third nine. sector. So it was oh, it was turn no. nine. Yeah, so it was a different sector. Like I thought it was the same one, but it, I I watched it lap after the fact, and yeah, he went wide. He went wide on nine. Um, so an absolute killer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was uh, probably is that where the pa- is that where he got the pace, or do you think it was kind of a wash? You know, he had it. He, he, he already had, had it in the first two sectors. He already had so, it. Yeah, yeah he was up he early, and it. so it's. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how much of a track conditions were were, were affecting it but that's a uh, Piratella that's the the one the uphill left-hander after Tosa before you go into Aqua Minerale he just went over the edge of the bumps so that would have been the start of sector two I guess um so yeah Poor yeah guy. um well uh, also I think surprised at their performance um Lewis Hamilton uh at pole position managed to fend off Red Bull I I they always kind of say this, like, oh, I don't know. We're not going to do so well. But, like, you can kind of hear it over the radio. Bono and Lewis, like, really? We're, we're, we're pole yeah. position? Um, Max had a bad lap. He did, yeah. Uh, and he actually qualified third. Sergio Perez in second. Outqualified Verstappen by five one-hundredths. Mm. Uh, first time in his career that he'll start from the front row. This is, by the way, the 30th different track that Lewis Hamilton has got pole position at, uh, which is very impressive. But it was um, funny. It was there for the taking. Like, Norris's pace even showed you that as well. Like, and you like know, I think none of them at the top, and maybe this also goes to show, maybe it puts Perez as second in, in comparison to, or in context, which is that, like, it looks like nobody at the top there felt like they did a particularly good lap, you know? Right. Like, there was, there, it was there for the taking, but just, it, they were almost lucky that none of them actually pulled it together when it really mattered in Q3. Yeah, yeah. I think it also... If memory serves, the end of Q2, the field is also weirdly compressed um, in terms of, like, timings. Uh, like the- oh, uh, there, there was a big problem at the end of Q3, do you remember? Because there was Mazepin got in the way of Latifi and killed his lap um, right at the end of Q1, sorry, where yeah. when 
they were yeah because they were because it is a small truck oh, no, but I, I mean just in terms of time uh oh, like sorry at the end of q2 i was kind of struck by how many guys were actually in like not that far off from like hacking it into q3 that was the part that startled me where like it feels like even though the stratification still exists that we've seen like a lot of the same teams are roughly relatively speaking where we would expect them to be in terms of the actual like delta between them and the teams running ahead of them here this weekend it was not as dramatic as i'm used to seeing it like with the exception of you know haas uh who really are (laughs) like like haas is where williams was they are now on an island of uh shit performance but yeah, I was sort of struck where like at the end of Q2, I was like, this could be a really different season as this evolves. Yeah, because even like you saw Carlos Sainz didn't have a particularly terrible lap, but he didn't make it. Because like you said, they were all just sort of like, you know, bunched up there. I think he was 11th. Russell was right? within shouting distance of making it into Q3 in Williams. Like right. that was, yeah. like, that was mm-hmm. kind of a startling moment. Where I was, like season's early and it's not clear how people are going to allocate development budgets Uh, a lot of people are hedging their bets but this could end up being a really uh volatile season just if if that sort of uh compression of lap times and performance continues Mm. you see a lot of weird stuff as the season goes on i think we we saw some weird stuff on race day we did (laughs) yeah i mean i'll just run down the rest of the grid here it's uh, lewis hamilton sergio Perez, max verstappen charlotte claire doing well to keep it on the second row Mm. uh pierre gasly in fifth place continuing to shine uh then we got daniel ricardo and then lando norris after having his lap deleted is starting seventh uh valtteri botas a big surprise in eighth place um i guess i uh as you guys were saying um, maybe another consequence of everybody being so close. Uh, Esteban Ocon is in ninth, soundly beating his teammate Fernando Alonso. He ended, he ended yeah. up in 15th. Um, Lance Stroll's 10th. Uh, Carlos Sainz is 11th. Um, George Russell, 12th. Uh, well done to Georgie Boy ahead of Vettel in 13th. Um, Nicholas Latifi in 14th. That's two Williamses in Q2. Yeah, uh, which is a far cry from where they were even last year. Fernando Alonso, 15th. Then we've got Kimi Raikkonen, Antonio Giovinazzi, Mick Schumacher, Nikita Mazepin, and Yuki Tsunoda, who did not set a time. Yeah, not great. Those first two races have not been fantastic uh, with the sort of optimism we had with Alpha um, Romeo. Uh, Alpha Tari, on the other hand, uh, are in an interesting spot where they seem to be performing quite well. And there was a decent amount of... Uh, reporting being done on the the change that they made to the i guess it's the like position of the the wheel and those bars that come out from the front of it uh the, the they basically adopted a similar sort of like front chassis overhaul that red bull has um which people were sort of laughing saying that is a because of the way the token system works, I guess, what did they change? They t- changed something like their brake ducts. There was something that they was the thing that they changed. But they also changed this as a, a consequential change of that. But it also, it basically almost required them to like redesign the front of the monocoque, like the, with the way it's been modified. So it's a pretty s- stark difference with last year's. And that's where they're thinking that some of the extra pace is coming from. Huh, um, okay. too. There's some uh, good videos on the F1 YouTube uh, channel about it when I get into tech talk on that stuff. Cool. Uh, well, if you thought this track was tricky before, um, rain just started to fall uh, as the race was getting set to go. Uh, Leclerc spun on his way to the grid, thankfully able to make it back onto the track. And I think, didn't Fernando Alonso go off and make contact, his front wing? Apparently. Yeah. Um, 
Vettel and Stroll had some kind of brake issue on the recon lap before the race, and they apparently got it fixed quickly on Stroll's car, but not Vettel's, uh, which caused them to have to start from the pit lane, uh, Vettel. Um, but it also breached a rule that said that you have to have tires on your car no less than five minutes before the start of the, alert, the race. Yeah. Um, so it, it took them a while to penalize Vettel, but he was eventually handed a stop-go penalty for this. Um, was it a stop-go? Mm-hmm. Okay. They rescinded yes. a stop go for someone else. Like, like that's it, what the confusion it, is. It was Perez. Yeah, they yeah. made it a ten seconds. Oh, 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 right, right, right. Okay, but yeah, Vettel got the full, uh, the full works. Right, you got to come. You got to go. Yeah, I guess started race. Uh, it's a moot point. I guess they're not going to change the tires. In the first few laps. Um, yeah, yeah, he broke the uh, the cardinal five minute rule, um, which you can't. Yeah, it also applies in the pit lane. Which I guess I had something I hadn't thought of before because the inaction of that rule was based on a horrific crash that happened where an engineer got trapped between two teammates' cars to start a race. So they were sort of like, no, no one could be near the track for five minutes. That's, but I guess that also applies in the pits. Wow. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a very hectic grid uh, and a, a pretty exciting start. Do you want to take us through that, Danny? Yeah. Um, the. Start of this race, we have already talked about what happened before, right? So the uh, all eyes, I guess, again, we, we talk about it a million and one times, the starting pleasures, the starting look of of, of what we're usually talking about, Bottas, but he's a bit further back this time. Um, in this case, it's uh, Verstappen, who is a little bit hit or miss, uh, Hamilton, uh, Perez, of course, who's sort of in the mix and could maybe spice things up a little bit. Um, and then there is just the rain and what side of the track the, the the what side of the track is beneficial thing is sort of doubly so during rain because especially if you've had a decent amount of support races the amount of rubber that's on the racing line um can help that much more um if you have a damp track if your tires are cold and getting the tires up to speed is going to be um super critical at this sort of uh, part of the race uh, as it happens they all sort of have a decent start um I think Verstappen ends up being the best of the bunch as they approach uh, the first turn. He is uh, overtaking Hamilton. I think he had a. I think what happened was he started in second, is what I second heard gear. after the fact. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think a few um, others did, including Norris. Um, but that was. Right. So, uh, I didn't even <laughs> contemplate that. Like, what a cool thing. Yeah. So I guess if you can imagine the sort of like speed curve in doing that it means that at the start perhaps you don't get that initial burst but your traction is better um you know as as you continue in your revs so that's why it looked like hamilton had a better start than him but then vettel basically gobbled him up before uh, they got anywhere near the first turn uh vettel takes sorry for stopping um <laughs> takes the uh inside line the racing line i should say hamilton attempts to uh squeeze in on the outside which is like Unless Verstappen has become the most generous person in the world during the offseason, like <laughs> on a regular track, he's not going to give you too much space there. But especially here, when quite frankly, there isn't much space. Um, it's also the first breaking point of the race in a wet race. So where the breaking point is, is kind of anyone's guess at this stage. So he's got to be a little bit conservative. Um, he takes the other um, turn, I should say, in the Tamborello chicane, I guess is what we're calling this. Uh, turn two. And he uh, squeezes Hamilton out onto the 
big yellow sausages and Hamilton has a little bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. I enjoyed Hamilton trying to sell it or he's like, he pushed me right wide on, <laughs> uh, on accent. <laughs> and like, I tend, you know, if I have a bias, it's probably against Max Verstappen still. And I looked at it and I'm like, man, Max would have had to let off pretty hard yeah. to, I think, <laughs> gain a line that would have let Lewis have much room. Like Lewis was just trying to get, you know, get through there. Uh, and he's trying to work the refs, but like he just, you know, <laughs> fair play to him for for sticking it out that long through the through the corner. But it just wasn't there. Uh, Max yeah. had the speed. He had the angle. And the only way that he was going to give Lewis room was if he backed out entirely, I think. Uh, and that just wasn't happening. Um, yeah. One other. As a, sorry, go on. Uh, just one other quick thing. Um one of the subplots in all this is all those dudes on wets rapidly realizing they've made a huge mistake. Uh, like the minute the cars start to run and I sympathize, the track looked bad. I thought like this guy's on wets. So that's pretty smart. Those conditions look pretty bad. And like poor Pierre Gasly just plummeting out of the gate through, <laughs> through the field. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we should explain like there are wet tires, there are intermediate tires and, and wet tires do well only if, there's a lot of water. If there's a little bit of water, they are much slower than the intermediate tires. Um, so that that was a gamble. And it was a gamble that they continued to make. Uh, I think they even said, like, <laughs> we expect more rain. But it was it was not to be. Um, yeah, it's a killer at that stage. Um, yeah, those first opening laps, especially for Gasly when you got that train, uh, were pretty bad. Uh, Hamilton lost a little bit of his uh, left or left side of his front um, wing end plate, uh, which didn't seem to have too much of a consequence. Uh, it came straight off as well, so it wasn't flapping around or didn't um, hit his, uh, his wheel or anything. Uh, and then the only other thing that happened on turn one was a couple of turns later, we had a uh unforced spin by nicholas latifi um i think on villeneuve i forget which turn yeah, it was, it was and then, um oh, and was? Oh, did, it, down. did it in the same place i think they both uh okay. had those like basically identical spins if memory serves uh, and then so that makes more sense because then he recovered onto the track uh on the next turn um but failed to see nikita Panzapin was still in traffic and basically <laughs> tried to rejoin the track where there was a Mazepin and uh you know at the time I think everyone was kind of like oh Nikita's done it again <laughs> another goes, first lap his half. Yeah, yeah but he's there's uh, yeah he's completely faultless in this situation Latifi um basically grosjean himself like that really nasty sort of type of crash where you you know it's basically the 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 move that cops do during um you know helicopter police chases when they try and spin a car by tapping the back wheel and it just not with the ram into a wall not with the helicopter, sorry. No, um, he did. He did that to himself basically, and went uh, into the wall. Nasty crash, nasty, nasty crash. I'm glad he was able to uh, get away. Yeah, apparently he didn't even know Mazepin was there until he saw the TV replay. Oh, you're kidding? Yeah, he was like, "Oh, that's what did he think happened?" That's why. That maybe he just probably spun. Like put too much gas on. Right. Yeah. Uh, we do get a safety car for Latifi. Um. And under that safety car, uh, Schumacher then spins and hits, hits the wall just after the pit exit, uh, mm. after trying to warm his tires. Um, and I just, his race engineer, who I think was Kevin's race engineer at Haas, the yeah, American he's, guy, he was so nice. He says, everything's going to be okay. We're going to put the car back together. <laughs> just made me want to cry. I was like, oh, it's a supportive race engineer. 
it was listen to it, it was yeah. like a weighted blanket is your race engineer at that moment <laughs> like that was the experience because so, the car looked bad and it was an embarrassing uh air even if it is the mark of the great ones uh per friends toss <laughs> but still uh i'd love that radio call it's uh, yeah i think it's really interesting um uh comparing sort of the house of this year and the house of last year because not only is are we realizing that like oh yeah like maybe the race engineers were a bit short with Grosjean and Magnussen in a way that perhaps they're not with these two rookies which I guess need to be molly called a little bit more and it definitely looks like make is a bit more sensitive than um a lot of race drivers um which I, I think a lot of people like about him um it but it, it is also starting to like I'm not saying the car is like better or worse than last year it's hard to tell but it is sort of reframing maybe how capable Grosjean and Magnussen were Mm -hmm. right because this car does seem to just have a mind of its own yeah I mean that was always their complaint was that I mean this is something that um Gunther's always been frank about where the car has kind of this changeable character even in the same session and it's just the most inconsistent race car and yeah like the trouble these guys are having um certainly suggests that yeah those those old steady hands that were constantly being negged by their boss uh for these like <laughs> past three years they might have been bringing a little more to the table uh than we thought quick thing um Ocon did get in a tire change uh right there before the pits were closed so yeah. he took like one one lap around and was like the wets are not it uh gasly crucially like decided to stick out for track position and that probably he salvaged this race to a surprising degree but it does make me wonder if he hadn't been stuck on a pretty nightmare strategy well i suppose i suppose a red flag later probably bailed him out of just how bad his strategy let him down uh but he definitely like the decision not to pit immediately throws away the first half of this race for him. What I wonder, do you, do you remember this term? I don't know. I got into a weird thing during quarantine where I was watching a lot of um, air crash investigation yeah, I know. videos. Yeah, I haven't done those. Um, there's, there, yeah, right. The, the YouTubes have got loads of them as well. Um, there was a, there's a term about when you have, when you've made a wrong decision, but you, you keep going with half it. Half dependency. Because what is it? Half dependency? Maybe. Maybe that's it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the idea that you are sort of hoping for everything to the cards to reshuffle in a way that like will benefit you again that instead of yeah changing course or changing mm-hmm. direction or making a, a difference to your strategy you're just going to hold out and hope that yeah. it's better until you get to the point where it's too late and that like the tire strategy is where this happens all the time and you can see what gasly was like they're just they're praying it either gets wet wetter or drier because the, la- the last thing they want to do is swap onto inters and then everyone else is getting onto slicks. Well, and or- the, the really tough dynamic is every lap he stays out, even though things are getting worse, there's two things. Yeah, the weather might change in his favor and like suddenly people are going to be like, damn, we need wets. And then that's his moment to shine. But the other thing is every moment he's out there, you are getting closer to that moment where you might just be able to go to slicks and like make that change and cut and if you can stick that out you can cut that entire pit stop out of the equation but the math goes bad real fast when you're like hemorrhaging the sort of time he was i want to say at some point uh in the first half of this race he was something like eight seconds off the pace so like literally you run three laps like that you have now just paid for a pit stop yeah (laughs) Yeah. um and yeah, yeah so they're i think they're just sitting there clinging for First, they're clinging for 
heavier rain, and then they're sitting there just hoping that maybe the track will dry real fast and we can get to slick sooner. Yeah, it's like once they realize one one is a bad one option is not going to happen. The answer isn't oh we better change onto inters. It's the other the other possible moonshot came slightly closer. So they were sort of like paralyzed almost. But yeah, it was hard to watch because that train behind him at one stage was pretty laughable. Well, that's that's right after the that form is right after the restart. So we want to talk through the restart real quick. Lap seven. Yeah, I, one more note. Um, under the safety car, Perez slips off the track. Um, I think also trying to warm his tires, and he loses positions while he does so to I think um, uh, Ricardo and Gasly, and crucially gets back on and overtakes the cars that had passed him while still under the safety car, which is not allowed. Mm. Uh, for this, he was given a ten second time penalty. Yeah, weird, um, uh, weird slip of the mind. It was all of them actually, and this happened later too, where because the two of them slowed down, or I guess whoever was in front did, almost to let him pass. Um, well, but so all of them should have known this, that, surely. Yeah, this actually pops up a couple times in this race. You are yeah. allowed to overtake cars that have some kind of issue, like going off a track, uh, which is why Norris uh, or uh, Ricardo and Gasly were justified in passing prayers in the first place. Um, but if you're all back on the track no even if you have lost positions you are not allowed to overtake anyone under the safety car mm. um but yeah uh who wants to take us through the restart danny um yeah i'm trying to remember what happens it's kind of a, it's not restart. there isn't much to it not all that much right yeah, yeah. so hamilton has a real good go at verstappen like straight straight away um, but it doesn't take long before Verstappen uh, just kind of closes the door. He never really does get a good attack angle. He has to, he has to bail out of his overtaking mood, move. And that actually ends the fight with Verstappen real quick because in that attempt, he let Leclerc get real close to him. Um, mm. And Hamilton at this point is complaining about understeer on the car, which might be related to some of the damage he took on turn one. Um, turn one, lap one, I should say. Um, but the other thing that is happening as this restart gets underway is that, uh, Gasly is now the moving chicane, uh, around, yes. around Imola, where he is creating this huge traffic backup behind him. So the leaders are breaking away from the field and everyone is just trying to pick their way past Gasly, uh, who is significantly off the pace. Um, so that's, th- that I think sort of is a defining feature of this next stage where, uh, it's just person after person executing overtakes on Gasly. <laughs> uh, and then you still have like their bad track conditions. Uh, signs at one point runs off. Um, they start handing down the penalties. Lap 12, uh, Perez gets the uh, first. It's a stop and go. And then they downgraded it to a time penalty uh, for that for that move under under safety car. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm trying to I'm looking at my notes here. So God, Norris gets a by, shitty race. Yeah, Norris gets by uh, Gasly on lap nine. Stroll tries it on lap ten, but Gasly retakes him. And then Stroll tries again on lap eleven. And it has to go off track to pass him, which yeah. you can't do. And so yeah, he earned I, I a bad about this race one. penalty for this. Yeah, he got it after because he had stuck. He had stuck the move before they even got to the first turn, and he went wide on the second one. So it's like, so yes, he did. He basically like didn't meet the breaking point. So apparently he like asked his engineer, and his engineer just said, "Keep going." Like, yeah. Uh, so, because he he was wondering if he had to give it back, but it was so marginal. I felt bad for him. It was it it almost looked like he overtook him and then screwed up the next turn. 
because right leading but like the implication being that he was going too fast and never would have made it anyway which is yeah it's a it's a it's a tough call in in slick conditions but i think it was yeah i think it was ultimately the right decision but it just felt like oh that sucks like he he had him on merit i think anyway so it was kind of annoying yeah rob signs uh had an off on lap 15 and he's like frustratedly it's a more great radio he's frustratedly says like oh how many mistakes am i gonna do and his engineer is just like you're too quick guy yeah <laughs> yeah and didn't this engineer also just tell him like you got to calm down and just yeah. like it'll come like so there was a lot of driver psychology being applied throughout this race <laughs> uh, i want to say where you had a lot of engineers kind of just trying to stabilize uh their their drivers out there and i, and I do wonder if part of that is also um you know there's such a perfectionist streak that like the sort of ragged laps that were forming under these conditions i think were uh really surprising these dudes um yeah like they were they were constantly i mean the fact that latifi didn't know what had happened like they just like everyone i think was sort of laboring under this feel of uh sometimes it felt like things were just happening and you hadn't necessarily done anything um well you know how much like these drivers love to be in the groove right to, to like get into like a good race pace where they're like you know they're 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 almost like not thinking about you know they're just in a flow almost uh, you hear a lot of them talk about that and there was none of that this race because it was just like everything was changeable yeah there was incidents happening left right and center uh, the cars were clearly not happy um with the race conditions the the temperatures of the track as well i think threw a lot of people off you know all weekend so much spinning going on so yeah they never got to relax yeah, and at this point, it's it's become a game of who's going to blink first in terms of tires because everyone's out on those intermediates uh, and the track is drying, so times are getting slower. Um, but you don't want to be the first to come in because um, of the danger of being slow on the new unless, slick Unless tires. you got nothing left to lose and you True. desperately want to get places and your name is Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, what... One quick note, um, I, I don't know where this happened. Norris requested that uh, Ricardo be moved aside. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Right, yes. And Ricardo did, um, which I think was a smart move. Like, it's too early in the season to be like playing brinksmanship games. But like, yeah. this was the case. Probably this isn't ideal if you're Ricardo. Um, Norris said, I have more pace, but I can't use it. Uh, so they move Ricardo aside. Turns out Norris had a lot more oh, pace oh and just like God. left Ricardo in the dust it was crazy he yeah. was like four seconds ahead after two laps or something it was nuts yeah it looks like around it, it lap showed, 16 yeah it showed norris well norris is always he's like another one of these kids who's you know probably because he grew up in england as well he was he's good in the rain like uh, but i think it showed maybe how uncomfortable daniel was maybe again it's like it's, it's a new car for him you know the conditions maybe weren't I, I, I don't remember Ricardo being particularly savvy in the rain. I'm trying to think of if there's any races where he shunned in the rain. I don't necessarily think so. But it was it was nuts to see how much of a gap was created in such a short period of time between the two of them. Yeah, agreed. Um, so uh, Verstappen is the first of the front runners to blink first. He pits first um, from first place and Hamilton pits one lap later. Uh, th- it may have worked for Hamilton to, to get... Um, to get time up on Verstappen and enough to come out in front of him. Uh, but he had a slow four second pit stop as a result of the front right tire taking too long to come off. Um, and I emphasize that, he, that may have worked because Verstappen did set a fast, the fastest middle sector on his outlap, 
with new medium tires. So I think there's two things though. <laughs> Remember, he had a slow pit entry. Um, so even yeah. before the pit stop time is not the only place he lost time. Like he lost time, I think, getting down to the speed limit. Um, I think he got oh, really? that a little okay. bit wrong. He got the box entry, I think, just a little bit wrong, and then the tire change was slow. And I think if if just two of those things had happened, he might have gotten out ahead of Verstappen, but like all three issues sort of hitting up. Um I do think I do think the lap had done it. I think he had done the job to stay out ahead of Verstappen. I think the entire pit uh process cost him a space that he'd otherwise won fairly. Um, so that's going to, that ends up being a little bit decisive. I'm going to be right back and I'm going to bribe this dog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't blink because you're about to see a, a mistake from Lewis Hamilton. He is trying to pass the back marker of Russell um, and slides off the track into in one of these like painfully slow crashes yeah. where he just drifts very... into the gravel uh and he tries to do the thing where you gun it and kind of swing your car around but he just noses it into a barrier and uh damages his front wing yeah this was um this was almost the same as when you watched his crash in um germany uh two years back remember that that crazy rain-soaked day where they kept all sliding down the drag strip mm-hmm. um Hamilton did have an off there and the similar thing happened where he tried to rev out a bit and ended up losing his front wing. But then, you know, thankfully for him, he was able to jump straight back into the uh, into the um, the pits for that one and check out uh, Toto and his lederhosen um, <laughs> for that special race they had. I'm not being racist against German people. They were literally wearing lederhosen that <laughs> weekend. <laughs> um but yeah, it was a similar thing. He just kind of, it was a nasty part of the track. I know people were laughing because Russell was involved um, with what comes later, but uh, just sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't spot for blue flag uh, drivers there. It's a, you know, a double left-hander. Um, and yeah, he was just a little bit impatient and lost it. And then lucky to be able to reverse that car. I mean, lucky and skillful that he kept the engine running and was able to reverse out, but even his reverse was really smart. Did you see how slow he did it? Like, I could, um, I didn't I didn't put that together until like uh Brundle sort of explained that like he needed to almost excruciate it's like um the scene in Sneakers where Robert Redford is like walking across <laughs> yes. the room to fool the motion sensors. That is how he had to nurse that car <laughs> out of that dead end basically um and at first i was like is something really wrong and it's no like with the with the, with the kitty litter there um and probably <laughs> the fact that it's sodden would not have helped uh yeah he had to just slowly ease that over the uh over the gravel he played a real good game of spin tires uh from lewis yeah lucky as well yeah. that there was no one behind him either because you know he must have had a call from his engineers that there was a gap as well um in the uh in the in the track but yeah he's basically like skimmed all the way to the back but thankfully agent russell is on the case (laughs) yeah because hamilton is definitely gonna have to come and do uh and do a pit um but while we are all still reeling from that hamilton incident we then cut to uh two cars in a heap um botas and russell uh, off track uh, in the gravel um of the many potential talking points in this race this is by far the biggest uh so I guess just starting with what we see just after the accident, Russell gets out of his car, goes over to Botas uh, and uh, talks to him um, and then slaps optimistically his saying Russell is going to check if, if, uh, he's, okay. if he's OK. And I was yeah. like, I don't know that that's what's happening, Martin. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, on, on the replay, you can tell this wasn't a friendly slap upside the head, as you sometimes see, uh, because Botas is very clearly holding up a middle finger uh, yeah. to whatever Russell was saying. Uh, so temp tempers are high. Apparently, Russell was saying, like, what are you trying to do, kill us or something like that? Um, and it just... I, I gotta say I, I don't I don't care what happened. Don't slap somebody on the head who may have just had a concussion. You know, I was I was pretty disappointed uh, by Russell for for that. Yeah, I think should we should we all have our take on it? Maybe so the the overtake that he attempted. Um, I this was one of the first times that I felt that the the there's a lot of goodwill behind George Russell for lots of reasons. He's young. He seems like a generally affable guy. Um, he is skillful and he is probably primed to get a good seat later on in his career. Um, but I think that that impression of him was strained to its breaking point by the sort of broadcast crew and sort of some of the sentiments, the live reactions during the race. Cause this seemed like he just, fucked up like he seemed like he was he had more pace on Bottas for sure he overtook uh you know with a decent amount coming up to the corner or he was in a position to do so uh, it did look like Bottas was on the left side of the racing line but he never made a double move he was just moving over to the right I think it was aggressive but he did leave the space for a car and if George, I I think it was like I'm not even aggressive. sure it was that aggressive. Yeah, because you have to remember I, I, he had one. He's getting set up for the next corner, and two, just the flow of the circuit there. I'm pretty sure your car is going to be carried to the right as you're putting more speed down. So I don't think like it did not seem like a particularly aggressive defensive move. Like the car never, it, it didn't seem to veer uh, to sort of close off the line. And yeah, on replay, the realization that like shit, there was space. Like he actually left a space. little bit of clearance. Yeah. It's it's, and this I have sympathy for. The painted white lines are like ice um, mm-hmm. in the wet, and so like the fact like it makes sense that Russell was completely wrong footed by that when he, when you can hear the rev just uh, really pick up as that car as that wheel loses traction. Um, it happens instantaneously. There wasn't a chance. Was to it react. his right rear? I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I think the move was a bit chancy in fairness to him. I think later in the race, we see a lot of people figuring out now the exact way to attack into Tamborello. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think George probably, you know, hindsight obviously is beneficial here, but he would have been better off doing what a lot of guys did later in the race, which is you bide your time behind the guy for a lap. And you make your run with a little more DRS space uh, behind you and try to get it before you're that close to the corner. Um, yeah, I, I like in terms of who fucked up, I think the move was fair from Russell. I think it was a yeah. decent, it was a chance worth taking. It went bad. Um, here's what worries me. I've I, I been thinking about a lot with, over the last year, Russell making a lot of mistakes. Uh, being the here last year as well. Yeah. Um, him making some mistakes that seemed uncharacteristic, but are starting to become characteristic uh, as they're repeated. Um, he seems to be palpably frustrated uh, at times uh, with the way things are going. Some of that is fair. Um, he's had some horrible luck. The 
uh, when he had a shot to win a race in the Mercedes. Uh, the fact that Mercedes completely botches a pit stop mm. um, and costs him that. Like he's had some bad luck, and he's been driving the wheels off this Williams for like three years. And I'm thinking about a, a thing I think about a lot is um, something Bamani Jones said like two or three years ago about the Boston Celtics, uh, where the Boston Celtics were built around um, Kyrie Irving, like great veteran player in the NBA. But they had this like rising star of young players and the team on paper was really great, but the young guys couldn't get time on the floor because they're behind these like savvy veterans and the team just never worked because, and this was sort of Jones's diagnosis. He was like, you had a bunch of guys who it was their time to grow. Like they were ready to make that move up into mm. like being starting five players, get off the bench. And the Celtics didn't have space for them. The team wasn't built to do that. Kyrie was still there. The veterans were still there. Um, and so the, they ended up kind of missing their window to promote these guys. And I'm worried Something similar is happening with Russell, where he is clearly he's clearly a great driver. All the other drivers of his cohort have gotten better opportunities. He's still in Williams, and he's not getting a chance to test where he's at in a top of the line car against like peer teammates who are equal in skill. Um, and the clock the clock keeps running. And I'm worried that Russell is, because of this, maybe going to end up being a little bit of a case of lost potential simply because Mercedes like had a winner and they're keeping him in a place where the frustration of like feeling like you're not making progress and not really having a good sense of, are you driving your best? Are you fucking up? Why aren't the results coming, coming to you? You can never answer those questions if you're in Williams right now. And... I am worried that Mercedes is botching mm. the stage of the the driver's development and the temper blow up there struck me as an alarming sign for like his psychology as a driver and where he's right. where he's at right now. Especially because you know if that is the case Bottas is the seat, right? Yeah. Like that's where he presumably would want to be but and was driving it ended like, up a being scrub. like a pretty what say? And was driving like a scrub. Yeah, he wasn't having... You're right. He wasn't having a great weekend and he was getting gobbled up. Uh, the crash itself, probably worth chatting about a little bit. Um, looked like the Halo did a decent amount of work on Bottas's car to make sure that he was protected because the angle... That's a very, like, unnatural type of crash to happen, kind of, you know? Like yeah, because Russell's car swings violently left as that uh, rear right loses traction and just whacks Bottas's car. Almost gets wedged in him. Like, it just, like... Yeah. Like, he almost rode the back of him for a bit. Um, yeah, Bottas hits the the left side, but then that's not so much of an issue. He he had more of a bad crash um, hitting the wall on the other side. Good we didn't see any flips. Gravel, you often see, you know, Alonso in Melbourne, you often see cars getting dug in and, and getting flipped a bit. Um, I think maybe they lost a bit of speed by the time they hit the gravel or maybe lost wheels by that stage. Um uh, best uh, team radio of the week, though, might go to Kimi Raikkonen, who was um, uh, right behind them when it happened, and the engineer came on the radio and told him, uh, watch out, there's debris on track, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I know, I was like 50 meters behind it when it happened, I'm covered in all this fucking shit, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and he keeps, like, coaching him through it, and he's like, yeah, yeah, they had a, there was a pretty bad crash on turn, he was like, yeah, I know, I was there, it happened, <laughs> He's like, stop telling me about it, Mom. I was there. I was watching TV. I saw it. Um, it was pretty funny. 
Uh, the stewards did end up ruling a, uh, they ruled it at a, a racing incident. So no one driver in their opinion was at fault. Um, George kind of doubled down uh, right after the race saying that, uh, um, that um, it was Valtteri's fault. But on Twitter, he then posted a message saying, um, and today wasn't my proudest day. I knew it would be one of our best opportunities to score points this season, and when those points matter as much as they do to us right now, sometimes you take risks. It didn't pay off, and I have to take responsibility for that. Having had time to reflect reflect on what happened afterwards, I know I should have handled the whole situation better. Emotions can run high in the heat of the moment, and yesterday mine got the better of me. I apologize to Valtteri, to my team, and to anyone who felt let down by my actions. That's not who I am, and I expect more from myself, as I know others expect more from me. I've learned some tough lessons this weekend, and will come out of this a better driver and a better person for the experience. Now let's now it's full focus on Portugal and a chance to show what I'm really about. Thanks for all the messages, both po- both positive and negative. They all will help me to grow. And Hamilton responded on uh, Instagram saying, uh, "Strength comes from vulnerability. If you don't make the mistake, you can never learn the lesson." Respect for taking responsibility. On to the next one. High five the, slash look, pray hands emoji. Look at these emotionally mature men. Uh, I wish I wish that I wouldn't say that's not who I am. It's okay to be fallible. Nobody has to be perfect. That is part of who you are. Sometimes yeah. you lose your rag. That's okay. We're all human. We can all make mistakes. We can all have bad days. That's fine too. But yeah, Quick I, he thing. definitely... Sorry, go on. So Toto, though, also kind of blew up at Russell in the press a little bit where like he has a lot to learn about f1 and he needs to remember i think toto might have even said like he needs to remember like he's racing against the mercedes he's a mercedes driver and that rubbed me all kinds of wrong ways because like we already have enough of like how real is the competition when you have so many customer teams that are effectively like b teams for the manufacturers um now we're gonna play that same role of the drivers like that like pulling that card didn't play with me at all like sorry he's not a mercedes driver he's part of your mercedes development program his job is to drive a williams as hard as he can and into the points like the minute you start trying to say like hey you need to remember for your career development that you're not allowed to race a mercedes yeah fuck out of here with that like (laughs) how many angles were you going to attack good competition from uh if that's where we're headed where it's like okay uh if you're a customer team Bear in mind who you're racing against. If you're part of one of the three or four development programs that are viable, bear in mind who you're racing against. Like that didn't that didn't that didn't strike me as a uh, you know obviously like Toto's frustrated, um, but yeah, hey, look, I didn't like it's, the it's it's a mood point anyway because this is the best thing that could have happened for Hamilton. That's a yeah. good point. The the this saved his race <laughs> argument. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because we get a red flag. Everybody comes into the pits, and the teams are allowed to work on the cars um, during a red flag, including changing tires. Uh, and Hamilton at this stage is in ninth, but uh, is is no lower than that, and and gets back on the same lap. Um, yeah, he gets to unlap himself, which we'll get to maybe a little bit in the emails later. Yeah. So on the restart. Lap 35, it's a rolling restart, I guess, because the the track was wet. Um, heading into the restart, leading the field, Verstappen almost loses it. I know. Coming back to the line. And nobody overtook him. Yeah. Leclerc could have overtook him. Norris, after the race, was like, why didn't Charles overtake him when he spun? They all slowed down. Yeah, because at that point, it's um, it's a, it's a you're not allowed to pass... 
but uh like we were saying before if a car goes off the track um go for it it's it's, it's a green flag yeah, yeah. um I, leclerc did say he thought about it uh but that's he saw that um verstappen had one like not all four wheels went off the track and yeah. so he wasn't uh he wasn't he saved it just about i think but it was just it was just an interesting moment when you look at the perez one for instance like this was the inverse of that basically i'm racking my brain though did we not have late last season an incident where somebody made a pass under under yellow that was a little bit iffy and didn't give the you're right back. like i feel like this felt like, like a case yeah. where drivers were cautious around this yeah and there was it was like bahrain or something there was a uh, yeah like I, and and in fairness, like Leclerc's in a better spot than he probably expected to be in with you know twenty laps left or whatever. So, yeah, I did enjoy after the race Norris being be a bit of a shitster. I think being like, I don't know why he didn't do it. It's worth the risk. <laughs> it's like easy to say when it's not your race, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know if it's because of that uh, maybe a loss of momentum there that Leclerc had to check up on Verstappen, but Norris does make a great pass on Leclerc. Uh, from behind him for third place. Uh, and in the background, Sunoka, Sunoda oh. uh, spins off uh, and into the gravel, but does rejoin, which is just, he has a weekend to forget. Bad weekend, um, yeah. Some of the, like we said, the rookies were going to struggle here a little bit. And not only them, Perez also spins off uh, in, on lap 38, rejoining yeah. 14th place. Um, and uh, I, so I, I think this will be a really defining season for Hamilton because he's got his work cut out for him in a way that he hasn't had uh, in a while probably since Rosberg. And here we get to see, you know, that other fun and rare sight, Hamilton passing people, um, making quick work of them in sharp yeah. contrast to his teammate Botas <laughs> earlier in the race. Right. And by lap 55, Hamilton's up to fourth, gets by Leclerc with DRS into third place without breaking a sweat. Uh, and up ahead is Norris, <laughs> who puts up a good effort, but Hamilton gets by into turn one. Yeah, made him work for it, at least Norris did, you know? But yeah, but yeah the overtake, he, I think that's a really good, like, if you do, and obviously it's not fair, I'm not comparing them, that wouldn't be fair, but I think you're right. When you look at the Russell overtake, um, uh, to your point, uh, when you watch Hamilton overtaking Norris on, or making it happen on turn one, and I know it's a different car and all that sort of stuff, but, like, it just shows you the the skill level and the strategy of, of picking the right time and, and getting it done way before the turn even happens. And Norris is like, I just, I can't race him. I'm not, I can't and be as fast Norris's as Norris' own moves had also kind of done a similar thing where, um, like, this is how you do this attack. And each, I think both Hamilton and Norris showed a willingness to just say, like, look, we will get this done next lap if it's not there. Because mm-hmm. we saw, um, I forget who it was, but... Vettel basically easily like took took back a position through Tamborello if you get it wrong because like if you screw it up the entire complex goes away from you and you end up having yes. to negotiate it so slowly that the person just like scissors past you um, <laughs> and and cruises away so yeah um, it was here like it was such a good race it was fun seeing Hamilton using that racecraft and I felt like in his comments after the race um, you know it, again it's early everyone's in a good mood the pressure cooker hasn't really taken effect but Hamilton seems like a guy who is enjoying the competition like legitimately both yeah. both mm-hmm. in qualifying and in this race seems to genuinely be enjoying the fact that like they are scrapping and to a degree he's in the position of an underdog or at least he feels like he's an underdog which probably feels fucking great 
Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of getting things in under the wire, I thought we weren't going to see it, but one lap from the finish, we get a replay of a Mazda spin. So, oh, we did. Uh, oh, yeah. At the end Gross. of two race weekends, the official tracker at mazasp.in <laughs> oh, no. is up to a total of eight. Cool. Eight spins in two weekends. Uh, but yeah, we're stapping wins. From Hamilton. That? From Hamilton. From Norris, who Lando. gets his second podium ever, which is interesting yeah. because do you remember Norris got his podium? Sorry. Yeah, he got his podium. His first podium was that dynamite lap that he did to cover off Hamilton's five second penalty. That's um, right. Yep. That he had. And he did it just under the wire. So maybe poetic in a way that it was Hamilton who uh, pipped him for second this time around. But um, yeah, really cool. And he was super happy. He didn't seem to be overly obsessed that he hadn't gotten second or anything. And, right. I, I, you know, Norris this year clearly trying to not be pally pally so much and be the number two driver. You know, he, he's trying to take ricardo to task and like this week man was a real good like gap there was a lot of gaps between teammates hamilton and Bottas being one uh latifi and russell i guess as well but like norris and ricardo that's that's very interesting ricardo is one of the more you know elder statesmen on the grid right now Mm -hmm. and didn't have a fun week maybe just getting used to the car but still yes uh so yeah max happened yeah, Max Verstappen wins the race. I, did I hear correctly that the commentator is saying that uh, he did not, Verstappen did not finish any of the races in Italy last year? He never won in Italy. I'm not I'm not sure if he didn't finish any. Oh, yeah, maybe. Did he? Anyway. I'm trying to remember uh, what happened to him at Monza last year. A lot Lewis of people crashed at Monza last crashed. year, in fairness. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Lewis Hamilton got the fastest lap, which is the only thing giving him the edge over Verstappen in the championship. <laughs> they are Last one lap of the race as away. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Landon Norris in third Charles Leclerc brings it home in fourth place and Carlos Sainz in fifth look at those Ferraris yeah he he he, re- he salvaged it him and Gasly had a better second half of the race just when we stopped hearing about them they right. did well uh, yeah and s- similar to that Daniel Ricciardo in sixth I feel like I barely saw him um, during yeah. that race Pierre Gasly yeah holds on to some points in seventh place uh, Lance Stroll in eighth gets a penalty uh, after leaving the mm. track and getting an advantage on that lap 11 incident. So he finishes in um, eighth place, classified eighth place. Uh, Esteban Ocon in ninth and Fernando Alonso in 10th, both Alpines in the points after a Kimi Raikkonen penalty, a 32nd time penalty for a rolling start infringement, very similar to Perez's. Um, I think they, this is a 10 second stop go penalty that was converted into a 30 second post race penalty. Dropping Reichen into 15th in the standings. Uh, Sergio Perez comes home in 11th. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda um, does finish the race in 12th. Uh, That's Kimi Reichen wild with that penalty. Um, this is 13th. Wait, where's Gasly? <laughs> Gasly was uh, seventh. Oh, he was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got Giovinazzi, 14th. Uh, Vettel in 15th, retired on lap 62. Um. Yeah, Mick Schumacher in yeah. 16th, Mazepin in 17th, uh, and then the rest of the DNFs, Valtteri Bottas, George Russell, and Nicholas Latifi. Who mm. boy! We did it. We got two, through it. Two safety cars and a red flag. Yeah. There you go. That's what Emma gets you, baby. <laughs> Kicking off the season in fine form. Driver standings, Lewis Hamilton on top with 44 points. What do you know? Max Verstappen <laughs> just behind with 43. 
Lando Norris with 27, Charlotte Claire with 20, Valtteri Bottas with 16, Carlos Sainz and Daniel Ricciardo are tied with 14, Sergio Perez in 8th with 10, Lance Stroll with 5, P- what? Lance Stroll's in ninth place with 5 points, but Pierre Gasly's in 10th place with 6? I don't know what's going on there. Formula One it's website. Fucking Bernie Eccleston, man. Um, it's just the, the spirit. Yuki Tsunoda and Esteban Ocon are tied with two. Fernando Alonso with one. Then we got Kimi, Giovinazzi, Russell, Vettel, Schumacher, Mazepin, and Latifi with zero. In the team standings, Mercedes is on top with 60. Red Bull just behind with 53. McLaren's got 41. Ferrari has 34. Uh, Alpha Tauri with eight. Aston Martin with five, Alpine with three, and then we've got Alfa Romeo, Williams, and Haas with zero in the you fantasy stage. Wait, was it was it, was it Gasly ninth and Stroll tenth? Yeah, no, that's what it is. Yeah, I think it's reversed. I think yeah, they they got it wrong. I think it's Gasly in ninth with six, Stroll in tenth with five. Okay, yeah. So uh, the in points the, were correct. The Shift F1 Fantasy League, uh, the Imola race sees uh, the artist formerly known as Renault in third, Ferrara Turn in <laughs> second. There is a question mark there. And uh, in first, Ferrari Team Group Hug. Ah. Yeah. Overall standings, though. Uh, from Jamaica, Rise of the McLarens Part 3. Jamaica and everyone else look bad. Uh, from America, yes, mate, in second. And in first, from America, funny F1 pun. <laughs> Is that good. where we're at now? We're into the meta? Oh, yeah. Meta jokes. I feel like if you're winning the Fantasy League this year, it's it's is it skill? It's either unbelievable skill or <laughs> raw happenstance. Because it just seems like this year it's hard to... I guess the podium positions are maybe more normal, but speaking it's going to be a fun year in the fantasy one. It's like all bets are off. Yeah, speaking of telling the future, Miami, everyone. The one news item we have for this week. To Miami. Get used to hearing that Will Smith song. Yep, because 2022, we're going to Florida. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I've seen this. I've heard this before. Yeah. Some, some deal, I guess, was signed f1 announced it in that way that like are you announcing this just so you can maybe strong arm some people to make it actually happen um but they say miami's gonna be 2022 and they're they're also uh making great pains to say that it's not gonna be too close to austin uh on the calendar so that i guess people don't say well i have to i'm only gonna go to one right I mean, so, they're not exactly close to each other geographically either. So yeah, I don't. Unless I don't you really live in like the I don't know strategy there, like New Orleans or something. Maybe it's much of a muchness. Is it still the same? We're just going to drive around the Hard Rock Stadium in a car park. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and we're going to avoid like you know s- certain zones Regulation. to be outside of certain jurisdictions. <laughs> yeah, it's boat weird. law, maritime law, maritime law. Yeah, it's right there yeah. on the water uh so yeah that's it for news should we do some emails real quick yeah let's get into it quick uh shift to form podcast at gmail.com or f1.cool slash emails uh this first one comes in and i should probably check who sent it in because i forgot to 
uh, write that down. But I guess we had a lot of emails as well about people asking about the unlapping situation. I think especially because Hamilton ended up benefiting it for so much under the safety car. If there wasn't a safety car, Hamilton would have been really far back and had to have done way more work to get back up, up into the podiums. Uh, but this question in from, I'm sorry, Anonymous. Any idea why lapped cars are allowed to unlap themselves before a red flag restart? It seems unfair to essentially give them a free lap to catch up to the leaders since at Imola, a lap takes 88 seconds or more. Or am I failing to grasp how it doesn't make a difference? I think this race was perhaps the worst case scenario for what sort of can happen under a safety car to benefit people. Um, the reasons why they don't are like multiple and uh, uh, have a lot to do with like scenarios you probably couldn't anticipate until you sort of started like thinking about it generally the idea is that at the start of the race they want people or the restart they want people to be competitive they want them to be racing for positions there's also a safety concern with drivers getting blue flagged at the start of a race well you know at the start finish straight when they all go if there's cars in the mix that aren't in the positions they're supposed to be in are they supposed to get out of the way but they're also racing other drivers who are out of position um if a safety car happens after the restart you could have a scenario where uh one car that got ahead of a back a front marker um is in a position where they can then overtake the car that they were fighting with for position for there's there's like a million and one different reasons why it also would totally screw up any uh, tire strategy because then there would basically be a everyone looking at everyone else to see if anyone's going to change tires under safety car because they might be in a position where they can't unlap themselves and end up you know losing out an entire lap based on it so there's actually like loads of reasons why they do it um and the reason why you wouldn't want to do it is the same reason why safety cars feel uncompetitive uh you know in and of themselves because big gaps get brought together but also i think i don't know if you were to look at all the situations where there's safety cars more often than not it means better more fun racing on a restart than uh any of these you know one-off scenarios where we have hamilton basically getting a free pass like what are the odds that a safety car was going to happen the minute he did that like it's you know it's it's just you know a shame but yeah, that's that's some of the reasons why um, they brought in this law and they did bring in this rule. I think it was like 2011 or something um, that you can unlap yourself. Um, safety being one of it, but also just the competitiveness of the field. Uh, Drew, you want to take this one from Katie? Sure. Uh, I did find that that your email, Danny, is from Tim. Tim, thank you. Tim, appreciate it. Tim. Uh, Katie you, says, too. Hey guys, what do you think is more disappointing to Toto and the Mercedes team following the Imola Grand Prix? George's decision on the track to take the dry line instead of outside, or his conduct off the track, both in his chat with Botas and comments to the media. Um, Papa, Papa Toto. I think, pro- well, I think Toto, based on what you know, you were saying, Danny, I think Toto is more angry with the move. Um, especially now that Russell has sort of walked back his his comments, um, and I even saw stuff saying uh, from him saying that he wants to clear the air between him and Valtteri, so maybe we'll give him a call. Um, so he's he's at least, you know, uh, being a stand-up person um, after the fact. So I, I would I would think that the on-track stuff matters so much more to, to Formula One people. Um, but I think it also comes with the territory. Uh, you know, I, Toto and George probably at this point know each other pretty well. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm just looking from the outside, but I, I, I got to believe that... Um, 
that he has a handle on the kind of guy that George is, but maybe, I don't know. This, this, this hasn't happened <laughs> to, to George before or something like this. So, um, I'm sure that will, it will have a weight, uh, in the driver decisions for Mercedes. How much of a weight? I'm not sure. End of the day though. Like also Russell was fighting in two decent top 10 positions and Bottas was in a Mercedes like, you know, fighting around eighth. Yep, so it's going to be, a, it's going to be a tough year for him. Right, Rob? He like, needs to turn it Bottas around because um, yeah. I hear because I think we talked about this the other week. Like one of his real assets has been that he's been a steady partner for just producing points without upsetting Hamilton at all and without creating some of the tensions that Rosberg did. Um, I think that bargain is only as good as Hamilton's presence is. And so like I think right. but I think I think Valtteri's fate is really tied to whatever Hamilton is doing uh, at the end of this year because I don't think there's a world where he's our number one you know, in a post Hamilton world and they bring someone up, like it'll be a full house yeah. cleaning. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And Rob, you want to take this last one? Sure. Uh, this comes from Adam in Lando's post-race interview. He said that his knee pad was hitting his clutch to cause the clutch slippage he was experiencing. Does this mean that McLaren has a knee clutch paddle? <laughs> I thought that the clutch was on the steering wheel. Stay safe. Stay sane. Uh, so I don't know the answer. My, my assumption is that the, the knee pad's pretty bulky and there's not a lot of room in these cockpits. So the issue, as I understand it, is without knowing it, his knee pad was interacting with the steering wheel. Um, and that was, that's what was going on. Yeah. Cause he was saying it was during turns as well, which would, that, that would, yeah, cause that you're would lowering seem to suggest the, yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe his knee pad was out of position or something. Yeah. yeah so but it, I, I. I'm pretty sure it's illegal to have a, a knee clutch. I think. Do you remember those? Do you remember those little things they used to have where they used to cover the cover the the, the air hole with your finger? Remember, there was like in karting they do that. Do they? Well, there was. It was a couple of years back. They somebody figured out a way of doing something like that with was a Red Bull. They were with their foot. They would cover a a uh, like a hole in the front of the monocoque that was basically like would give them an extra bit of downforce or something oh my gosh how it works <laughs> yeah and then and then a bunch of drivers i think it was ferrari or somebody um basically did it where you had to move your hand but then they were in a situation where they were like i forget what it was their left hand was doing that and their right hand was doing something else and they were like wait is there a scenario here where people have to take both their hands off the wheel like <laughs> and then they banned it so I, right. f- I forget what that thing was called but it was something weird some weird duct thing yeah wow yeah Which so I, I guess he if you imagine the clutch paddle on the left side of the steering wheel and you're turning to the left that puts the left side of the steering wheel in the down position mm. which is which when you know a driver is basically lying down with their knees bent those could uh, collide. That was a very funny team radio. It was. Where they were like, I know you're, yeah. hit, you're hitting the clutch. <laughs> yeah, dude. Shh, shh, we'll talk about it later. It's embarrassing. Don't say anything. Well, yeah, uh, those are emails. Thanks, Those everyone. are emails. Um, shiftf1 podcast at gmail.com or f1.cool slash emails. You can also hit us up on Twitter at shiftf1 podcast. I'm at Drew Scanlon. That is at Danny O'Dwyer. That is at Rob Zachney. That's us around the internet. Do we want to take it around the world? Let's race around the world. Yeah. The World Rally Championship is in Croatia. Uh, beautiful Zagreb for Ooh. their Croatian round. Um, Formula E is at, uh, where is this? Valencia. For the Valencia E-Pre 1 and 2. 
the NASCAR Xfinity Series is at the Talladega Super Speedway for the Ooh. Ag Pro 300. Um, IndyCar is at uh, the, let's see, uh, St. Petersburg for the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg in St. Petersburg, Florida. Super Formula is at Suzuka in uh, Su- Suzukashi Mie Prefecture. Mm. And we got NASCAR. Oh, where are we going? No more dirt. No more, no more dirt. Just the hallowed grounds of Talladega <laughs> for the Geico 500. I do love that lizard. If you become a patron, you can watch our review of Talladega Nights. That's a motorsport movie. Just watch about. It. Well, you could watch it with your ears. Yes, listen, listen. Your ears can watch it. Uh, we'll be back next week for the pre-Portugal. Or- Portimao. So excited. So excited. What are you, you going to do, Danny, if you can't find a video game version? Like, draw an expo board? Yeah, I got a lot of Legos around here, a lot of Duplo. Probably fashion <laughs> something <laughs> out of that. Just got those little Mario Kart things, you know, with the with the Wii webcam thing. Yeah. Mario Kart, make a Portimao out of that. I don't know. I'll figure it out, man. Yeah. Uh, final, final thoughts on Emilia Romagna. That was a wild race. Um, it seems like, I don't know, it seems like the reason why that race was fun, partly, obviously, the weather uh, and also all these rookies, but it just does seem like everyone's kind of on top of each other. Like, they're all yeah. fighting each other. And that's good. That's good racing. So Even you- at a track like Imola, there was not, you know, the sort of crazy breakaway leads that we often see at these smaller tracks. So, excited. Yeah, Rob. Yeah, uh, I am getting more excited about the season as we see more of it. I'm like, this could be, this could be good because people are hedging their bets on development, um, and we've got a real fight in multiple places uh, in the constructors championship. So this is, uh, it's all, it's all coming up. Uh, Shift F1, I think, for us so far. <laughs> Well, if you'd like to support the show and get access to all of our bonus episodes, you can do so over at patreon.com slash shift F1. Have a good race weekend, everyone. We will see you all next week. god it just occurred to me russell was pissed that he didn't make it into drive to survive last year (laughs) i'm not saying but i'm saying like you gotta give you gotta give something if you want to make the final cut you gotta you gotta create a little story beat for yourself tinfoil hats